Hello and welcome to Wednesday in Westeros. I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. And with us is no one. Just me and Taylor. <laughs> we say that because we've had we've had uh, Emily Kelly on a few times recently, and yes, uh, or we would... uh, 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 never mind. I can't even say it now. She called herself the 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 poor woman's uh, Joanna Robinson last week, and I corrected her on Twitter and said I like to think Joe is the rich man's Emily Kelly. So <laughs> and Joe chimed us... in on that too, which was really yeah, funny. She did so. Um, which uh, we appreciate because uh, Joe is definitely the you know the queen of of the north or south. Actually, she's north to me, so that's north. Yeah, the south yeah. doesn't have much left going for it, so we got to get you know put put credit where it's due. Yeah, I was thinking she's in. I think she's north of me, literally, physically. Oh, you're talking uh, in the real world. I was talking San, in like San Francisco West, in Westerosi <laughs> uh, parlance. I think, I was yeah, she's in Northern California. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, how you been doing? <laughs> Uh, we shouldn't even do just, that. We should just jump. We should. We we should, but we should make people wait for it just a little bit longer. Because that's kind of what I was thinking. I wanted to do was like let's we've just been waiting for this, this season for so damn long. <laughs> and just, I mean, because even if you think back, listen back to our preview from a couple weeks ago, and I was even, I was even like, so it's next week. It's coming up, right? You're like, no, it's actually two weeks from now. And I thought, oh Christ, it waits even longer. But it, you know what? It's back, and we're here. I'm I'm doing great, by the way. I know Comic Con is coming up for you this week. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I'm out of my mind with uh, preparation and all that kind of crap. Um, I don't actually prepare too much. Uh, it's uh, I'll share my tips right here to delay the discussion of the episode <laughs> even more, which is uh, <clears throat> sunscreen, uh, yes. water, and yes. hand sanitizer. Fuckloads of hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, I also, here's my hidden secret, Taylor. I'm just going to share this with you because no one else is listening. Uh, cute cucumber face wipes. So refreshing in the middle of the day. Oh, that's anyway. a good thought. How much time? Yeah. Here's, here's a good question. I know we've talked about Comic-Con and other episodes, but how much time do you actually spend outside in the course of the week? I mean, a lot because... Uh, uh, there, because there's a lot of food outside and you got to walk to it. So it's not so mm. much that you're standing in a line outside. Mm. Um, the, what I'm trying to think of is uh, whatever. Uh, I'm sorry that the name is not on the tip of my tongue, but there's a, there's a big one of the, there's basically like three huge rooms. There's actually probably more than that. There's ballroom 20 and there's hall H and there's this other one um, that's in one of the hotels next door. And the line for that one, which I've stood in many times snakes out along the harbor and so for for that one in hall h you are outside all the time ballroom 20 you're outside like if things are really terrible <laughs> i just like um, the name ballroom 20 that sounds like a cool yeah. like almost like a speakeasy right it's like we're ballroom 20 i wish and it's so strange that it's like the largest one you know it's um, bigger than hall h no 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 it's it's oh. slightly smaller but it's huge so yeah um, ball, ballroom 20 is where I saw uh, Zack Snyder present the Watchmen um, and uh, I saw the Mythbusters a couple of years there. Um, yeah, so it's like the big thing that's like a standalone, but not the uh, um, not the like all day Marvel DC fests and stuff like that. Got it. Got it. 
Well, yeah. enough of that. Let's jump in. Dragonstone. <laughs> Dragonstone. I could just. I, 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 I'm sure those people out there who are like just hitting that that fast forward thirty second button, just like, okay, are they talking about? Oh, there, there it is. Dragonstone. I'll say it one more time so that you can, if you're fast forwarding, you can hear us. We're starting. We're starting. And well, it happened last night. So we're yeah, yeah. So we're recording this, um, which is kind of why we're we're chilled out right now because we initially we're gonna like end the episode and immediately record. And uh, probably wisely, we decided not to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we've had a day to digest. Um, what What were your quick, you know, your quick impression of it? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out. I would rather start on a contrarian note and say, uh -oh. for what I wanted it to be, it kind of fell short. It felt like a great first episode for season three or four, a weak episode for what is season seven, you know, the penultimate season. I really thought they should be clipping along a little faster. And it just kind of felt like, Hey, remember these guys, let's check in on everybody and see what they're up to. And I'm like, man, we don't have the time for this. So I was a little, it's, a little yeah. sort of frustrated by that. Let's just say. Yeah. You? I'm not going to dispute that, uh, or, or impression at all. Um, I definitely, there's a style that game of Thrones has created over the years. And this is totally fits in that style. And it is like just a, complete expository episode and the problem to me is those drove me crazy in episodes like two and three like yeah. i just remember blogging because i had this ritual of like i would watch game of thrones and then i would watch mad men and there were episodes there were weeks where mad men was so much more dramatic and tense not because of the action but just because of the way it would sort of linger on one story for the whole thing and those yeah. Game of Thrones episodes where it went like, now let's catch up with this person. Now let's catch up with this person. Now let's catch up. That drove me crazy back in the day. And now it's kind of like it's stylistic and I I excuse it and I forgive it. I'm not like, I wasn't upset watching the episode last night. I just kind of settled in like, ah, we're getting one of those. Like nobody's yeah, going to die. No, there's no battle. Nothing like, we're not going to get any answers tonight. We're just going to get a lot like. It's just pushing the, you know, the chess pieces, the risk pieces a little uh, farther on the board. Well, so. the, the, it's, it's twofold, right? So like on one hand, you have, this is the first episode after a stunning two-parter last season directed by Miguel Sapochnik of Battle of the Bastards. And then that last episode, I always forget the name, but like two episodes oh, that the were- The Winds of Winter. The Winds of Winter. Two episodes that were incredibly self-contained and focused on just one part of Westeros slash story. Right. So when you know, I'm still my brain is still kind of stuck in that mode. So to have that broken is one thing. The other, the other hand, you've got a lot of characters whose narrative urgency or agency is now kicked into high gear. So you can't just show us Bran and go, "Well, we'll get back to him." It's like, no, 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 no. We need uh. to know what's happening with him now, like all the way through, like give us more than just that. We need to know what's happening with Daenerys more than just, hey, she shows up at, at Dragonstone. Like we're past that now. We're to the point now where we need to really know what's going on with these characters in a deeper way than just some cursory glances. And I just feel like it's going to yeah. have a really uneven tone if we jump into that, you know, in episode four or five and six. And then it's like this, this part of the right. season is going to feel a little, you know, a little don't, off. Don't I just don't want an expository season and then yeah. season eight, like action every week. Like, yeah, they got to start, they got to start closing the stories off, man. 
They've so, assured us though in, pr- in promo stuff. They're like, oh no, this season's going to move along. We're, yeah, we're leaving yeah. behind the crufts. I'm like, okay. Right. I, so I will totally forgive this if every you know next episode, if this is sort of, <laughs> let's have the last of that exposition and let's just keep it moving. Yeah, um, I will say one of my friends, uh, my actually my business partner Severin mentioned that the costumes this episode were unbelievably gorgeous, and I happen to agree. Uh, of all the things that I noticed last night, I was just like, God damn it, the the costumes look, and are uh, maybe it was the design, but maybe it was the lighting and the color um, color correction, but like they just looked so good um, compared yeah. to seasons past. And I don't know if that was intentional, if they just if the the team has just gotten that good over time. But my God, it's worth another look I, just for that. I think it's just black is the new Lannister red. So, well, that, but even like no. just like the way, I mean, s- little things like the way uh, Peter Baelish's like robe kind of flowed with him, like the material was more like fluid. Like, just there was something about all the costumes yeah. that just had a higher, <laughs> higher level. But you're right. A lot of them were dark. Like Sansa's was dark. Like everybody's, I think, in the, yeah, in the well, Cersei, Jamie. Yeah. They're, and yeah. you're on. And yeah, we, yeah, well, let's uh, let's not waste any time. Let's jump. Let's like kind of hit the the scenes that you know. I mean, I think we've literally listed every scene here. Um, yeah, let's just go in order have, too, so that if you're watching the episode yeah. and you, know, you can almost treat this as like a little commentary track, to, you know, to some extent. Yeah, we had a cold opening, which we've only had two or three times before. I was really trying to think of what we've seen before. There's the uh, Maggie the Frog prophecy is was a cold opening, I believe. Um, the Hound was a cold opening last year when he meets uh, the the Septon or whatever that was. Um, and I think there was one more and I can't remember it. But anyway, uh, that was, to me, that was, um, it was, I don't know. It was, a, it was a heck of a way to start the season because um, not only was it cold opening, but it's Arya in the guise of... Um, uh, Walter Frey murdering a whole bunch of people. Um, mm-hmm. And when that, when that, I mean, well, well, g- g- tell me what your impression was when you saw that. Um, well, I'm going to kind of, uh, I'm trying not to jump ahead too far, but I, as soon as I saw Walter Frey, I'm like, there's no way this is a flashback. Clearly it's Arya. Even the way she was talking, she's like, you know, you might wonder why I've gathered you all here. And, uh, you know, the winter has come and it's time we, I tell you my plan. I'm like, oh, it's just, it's all veiled dialogue, which I thought was hilarious. Like, you know, even though she was in disguise, she was basically still level. She was basically telling them what was about to go down through, you know, her Walder sort of veiled stuff. So I, I would assume that there wasn't any intention on the on the writer's part to trick us into thinking that this was some other thing. I mean, clearly it was Arya. I just thought it was immensely satisfying when she killed all of them and just sort of walked <laughs> out of there like a gangster. Like, yep, tell them who came. It was me. Moving on. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just, it was nice to just uh, it see. Was, she's, you know, she's the jumping. cold opening part of it was what threw me off because if they had shown the title sequence and then the scene, I might have kind of known like, oh yeah, of course this is like happening again. Like, cause she says like second time in two weeks or something like that. Yeah. But um, the fact that it was a cold open and I just watched the last time on Game of Thrones montage mm-hmm. where they had the Walter Frey stuff. I was like, wait, is this a flashback to the feast where she actually kills him? You know, that was the, that was the only, all I'm saying is if it hadn't been a cold opening, I mean, I guess that was why they did it that way was to make you question like, wait, you know what? 
what is this? Yeah. Um, there's actually something at the end of the episode. I watched it last night and I totally forgot what it is. I think Benioff says after they watched that scene, they decided it really had to stand apart from the rest of the episode. So, well, um, here's my, here's my, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I actually thought the white Walker slow March would, Oh my have God, made, that should have been the cold opening, uh, yeah. both because of the pun aspect to it, you know, but like also just, I, <laughs> I feel like, it, well, it, to me, it, it was it, such a, like, that was such a great shot of the mystery of game of Thrones because you know, for like 10 seconds, I was like, what am I watching? approach you know is this going to be it's i i'm i'm sitting there racking my brain going it's not the dothraki horde uh you know there's snow but is that a dust cloud or is that snow or is it you know is it the walkers or is this going to be a big march of of soldiers i you know it really did did all those things that game of thrones is so good at doing and so i, I agree with you you're right that would have been such well it's crazy cold it's, over. but think about this too like right like well, before i say that wasn't the very first episode a cold opening of the the Night's Watchmen getting oh, attacked by White Walkers call. way back in the right. day? I think that Holy was a cold crap. open too. Um, and if that is the case, I feel like we're in the home stretch. Yeah. If you're going to like start the penultimate season, you've got to drive home narratively what's important. And what's right. not important, cool as it is to see what's not important is Arya killing a bunch of phrase like we could have even been told about that and been like oh well done like we don't necessarily need to see it uh, and if we do it doesn't have to be the first thing we see which kind of sends a signal of we still don't quite know how focused the story needs to be just yet right and, and, I, I agree know, with almost subconsciously but I will I will uh, take issue with the fact that we didn't need to see that because, and and actually maybe this is another reason for it being a cold opening is that really is Arya playing the role that Lady Stoneheart plays in the books. Mm. And mm -hmm. maybe, just maybe, <laughs> that will shut up anybody who thinks <laughs> that Lady Stoneheart is still going to appear. Because it's like, look, there's no work for her to do. Arya's just yeah. killed all the Freys all at once, you know? They could have um, added but yeah, that is that was, they could have had an insult to injury by having her like after that was done, like walk up to the grave of her mother and go, you're still dead mother and you're never coming back. And it's like, you know, just something to like dry the home. Cause I'm sure those guys are tired. Benioff and Weiss are just tired of hearing like, is Lady Stoneheart coming yeah, yeah. back from like a very vocal minority, but just like, it's yeah. like, no, she's not. All right. You know what? I, I, you know how, how most uh, TV writers have like a giant, bulletin board of index cards that sort of lay out the season and yeah. the episode thing. I have this I just I have this vision in my mind now of of the Arya kills the phrase card like further in the episode and as we've gotten closer and closer like you know in terms of the, their editing schedule they're like, like you know what fuck it and they just took that card and, like plopped it right <laughs> in the beginning and they're like we're going to put this right here we're just going to get it all the way out of the out of the way and then we're going to get into the show. Um cuz that I mean that white walker we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, get into the show. <laughs> I want to throw I want to throw some attention at the title sequence, though. Um, yeah, because we didn't we didn't see any shots of Essos for like the first time ever. Um, I think it was all Westeros. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I noted um, in your notes that uh, I didn't even notice this, which continues my <laughs> seven year streak. I'm not paying attention to what happens in the opening credits. I love I've the opening never... credits because it's it signals what's important. Like you know, like uh, the Stark. Uh, oh, that was the other thing about the opening credits. The Stark sigil was back on Winterfell, which kind of just Ooh. I remember just feeling like, oh yay! Like just 
It felt great, but you know, okay. Sigils? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the wolf's head. Uh, I, Isn't that I have actually noticed that. Yeah, you're right. Um, Cause remember like when, when the flayed man has been out there for two years now. So it's all of a sudden now oh. it's, and it's, you know, it's not burning anymore. You know, it's, it is, uh, I think actually after the second year after Ramsey took over, it wasn't burning, but it had the flayed man sigil. Up. Right. Um, but the other thing that's, I, I'm going to point this out now. I'll I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that that um, next that season eight's opening credits is going to show the wall blown to shit and just da- like it's going to it's going to zoom yeah. up there to where the wall should be and you're just going to see a broken wall because the penult- like the final Ned's head moment of this season is going to be the wall falling down. I just I just that know what? like creatively that'll be fun to see. What if that's how they show the wall crumbling? And like, we don't even, they don't even have to have like really expensive CGI. They just sort of like make it crumbled in the opening credits. And then it opens on just a crumbled wall and we're done. I mean, they're, I feel like they, sometimes they could, they could. I'm just deconstructing what we all want. Uh, yeah. I would hate for that to happen. I mean, um, as much we, shit as they've been spending money on, I would be shocked. They're like, oh God, these dragons are so expensive. We can't show you the wall, but it's for good reason. The dragons are going to be really cool. We got to show you Euron's badass ship as a CGI oh my God. thing. You know? Let's cover these next two scenes so we can talk about that badass ship. <laughs> but after, so we talked about the White Walker opening, which yeah. is cool. Um, and then is it right after that, that we see Bran and Mira at the wall? I know whenever we see yes. them, yeah, because it was remember, a Brand, weird juxtaposition. Was, like I was like, we were they right in front of them. No, no, no. We were so. seeing the White Walker slow march through Brandon through Brand's eyes. Oh, right. He was uh, yeah, yeah. he was uh, ravening yeah, yeah. into checking out where they are and everything. So we were seeing his his point of yeah. view. This uh, this was just uh, another wasted scene. Of I mean, we had to, they had to show us where Brandon Mira's progress. But I'm with you. Sorry, I stole that right out of your notes. This was definitely like uh, <laughs> that's all right. You know, two two minutes we didn't need. Um, well, it's two minutes we didn't need, but here's the thing. It's a very loaded scene. Like there's all this speculation that Bran can't cross the wall, that Bran has some kind right. of connection to the Night King and like him crossing. And like, you know, once he's at the Night's Watch, like, oh my God, he could be reunited with Sans and John. So there's all this stuff attached with him coming well, in that we never see again. And it's like, hey, what's up? It was basically him going, hey, what's up? What's up to you? Can we come in? Yeah, sure. And that's good it. point. Like, I think we should take it as like a port, a portent that the wall is not going to come down because of magic, which was a theory we talked about last year. Um, that many people have talked about, which is uh, mentioned in the books that the magic of the wall is related to that magic of the little um, uh, dirt house that he lived in with the old man in the tree. And so once Bran was marked by the night King and that magic spell was gone and the white walkers could come through that, you know, that spell, that that if he crossed the wall, they could break the the wall with that spell too, or whatever. We don't blah, know blah, that blah, that's blah, blah. not true, though. It doesn't mean the well. Wall we don't know that it's not true, but I I did feel like them showing him like come through without you know a weird little blue glow lighting up the wall or something like that. It meant okay, they're gonna have to knock this wall down in the dramatic, you know, horn of winter kind of way. Not yeah. Not some magic thing where they just walk up and and it all turns yeah, to icicles. It's, that easy. it's super like, boring. I hope they don't do that. 
It's like we got to get Bran across the wall again before they come through. Uh, Yeah, that would just be a waste of time. I love it though because Bran's of all the characters on this show, Bran's aging every year like really truly illustrates how much time has passed both in our our world but also in theirs. Like he just gets older and older every time he shows up. It's amazing. Is he like a heavy smoker now or something? Yeah, man, he's his his puberty has has completed. Apparently, he's just like, I'm, yo, I'm Bran. What's up? I'm the Three Eye yeah. Raven now. Yeah, it's Get uh, let me in. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So then we jump down to Winterfell, um, and and visit John and Sansa. Uh, Which, by the way, I thought I was convinced that somewhere during that sequence we would see a raven, you know, somebody bringing in a note well, from the wall dude, going, your brother's here, your brother's come. And it's like, oh, we have to- Well, yeah, they just, do, there's a totally misleading scene because that guy walks up when, when after the 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 meeting with all the Northern people, uh, John and Sansa are up on this, you know, uh, walkway and this guy runs up and hands John a note and you're totally expecting it to be like, your brother has arrived at the wall. Yeah, And he's, yeah. he's like, man, Cersei. And then they have a conversation about Cersei, which is uh, enlightening where Sansa gets to explain to John like she knows her better. But um, it was definitely, I, I'm with you. Like it was weird. Like that seemed like it was going to be the note that said, and you know, he's going to look up from it all emotional. <gasps> Bran's alive. He's arrived at the wall. Yeah. Yeah, but no. which would have been a, which would have made that initial scene feel more connected, and it would have been a that would have been a great place to go. We'll see that you know we'll catch up with them again next week. You know where it just feels like oh they know some they have learned yeah. new information. The thing about that John Sansa scene that bugged me is that nothing new was gained, right? Like nothing. All all we found out was that yeah, Sansa has her ideas of her own, which we knew from last year. John's yeah. becoming a good ruler, which we knew from last year. And oh, by the way, Lady Mormont continues to be a fucking badass and talk <sighs> no down point. everybody. In fact, did she not dress down that same guy she dressed down last year? When when he's like, isn't that the same guy who's like, <laughs> Lady Mormont speaks harshly but truly? Like, isn't that that same dude who's I just like? I don't know. I would have to go back and look at that. <laughs> I uh, but- I'm just so happy for Lady Mormont continuing to just do her thing like the writers clearly know how popular she is i have a i put a thing in the show notes though for our listeners there is an amazing amazing tweet by um i can't even pronounce the the username it's like wheelon seven um but i was looking at the tweets last night b-w-l-e-o-n seven on twitter he put up a picture of of lady mormont with one of her little scowls and he says i quote Mark my words, this little motherfucker is going to kill one of those White Walker giants. And I just laughed and laughed and laughed because it's like, it's exactly what's going to happen. You know, they showed us those yeah. those amazing, you know, uh, you know, dead white, you know, white W-I-G-H-T uh, giants. And it's like, how epic would it be if she just, you know, brings the, brings the heat to one of those guys in like, you know, the final battle or something. Yeah. I, again, I'll take slight issue with your uh, dismissal of the John Sansa scene. I agree that like we ca- we basically knew that information. Um, there were there were a couple of like really slight, not necessarily new information, but I liked that she kind of blew off Littlefinger. Um, That's true. Yeah. That was great. And there was a sh- really like two line exchange with Brienne, which like, honestly, that's probably all, you know, we probably just needed like, uh, I don't know. They had to give us a, you know, the scene had to have some meat to it. So the John and Sansa like conversation had to be the meat of that scene. But the Brienne, the two lines to Brienne, and which comes after her blowing off Littlefinger, was like, 
oh yeah, that's the information we really needed from this scene. You know, True. the other stuff yeah. we knew. And I, I do appreciate that Sansa has information on Cersei that John doesn't know. That's and true. it does set up that thing of like, she fucking told John last season, like the same exact, she gave him great tactical information about don't go battle this guy. Now she withheld crucial information, which she should have told him, which yeah. was <laughs> little fingers and knights of the veil. But yeah. Um, yeah. she did it give him good tactical advice last season. And she's here giving him more great tactical advice about Cersei and also about those houses, you know, I mean, just, I, I don't know. I just thought that whole, like, we're going to give it back to the family thing was just like patriarchal nonsense. Like, yeah, that was, a, that, that's, that's more what I'm thinking about when I think about the wasted, you know, just the wasted time. Like at this point, I'm a lot more sensitive yeah. to just wasted time in general. And it's just like, yeah, uh, oh, uh, we don't need to see these. I do love though. I love the, uh, just Brienne's like, why is he still here? <laughs> like, cause you're like, why is Littlefinger right. still hanging around? Like, it's so true. As a viewer, you're just like, man, he's not right. getting anything out of this. Like, why is he just lurking around? And Brienne's just kind of like, yeah, why is he still here? Since well, and not- yeah, I know exactly what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> It's just he's, he's like that he's like that high school senior who just can't leave his hometown after he graduates just hanging around the school like hey you kids want a beer want to hang out like that's that, that is oh peter Beeler, that you know? is little finger exactly i keep that's getting it. older they stay the same age i mean right which is which is interesting because he was you know in the first two three seasons one of the most interesting dynamic characters yeah. and he's really hit his he doesn't have anywhere to go story-wise so he either has to go back to the veil and just hang out there until he's called upon again or, you know, try to yeah. get with Sansa and she's too smart for him now, which is interesting because you compare that to Varys who was sort of uh, Littlefinger's rival at King's Landing for, yeah. you know, uh, better or worse. Varys, you know, very strategically made some choices that could have backfired and now he's, you know, he's on the, on the winning side currently. You know, he's got shit coming down the pike that he's going to be engaged in. He might be a merman. Who knows? But like, yeah, Baelish is just kind of, just kind of there, just kind of hanging. You know, I would, do you know what I want? <laughs> the, <laughs> I want to see next week or the week after where Lady Mormont has a confrontation with Peter Baelish, where she basically just like slap, says something so well, demeaning that he just leaves with his head, you know, hung in shame. We can't jump too far, but in that real quick promo, it looks like somebody's choking him. Uh, oh, really? Throwing him against the wall or something. I didn't even catch yeah. that. Interesting. Um, so it was the, the Bear Island people. No. <laughs> this is little tiny Liana Mormont. Um, but no, I love it when she's we... like, wait, wait, wait. I love it when she's like dressing down that dude again. He's like, I'm not asking my granddaughter to fight. And she's like, excuse me. Um, you know, I'm little and I'm a girl, but God damn it, I'm going to fight. And then, and my favorite part was when she's like, and I will say here now that every man, woman, and child of Bear Island shall be ready. And I was hoping, I was really hoping that someone would have like leaned in and said, and as you know, the men of Bear, everybody from Bear Island is worth like 10 men. So that's going to be yeah. like what, a, a thousand people. Like we're ready to go. I just, her, I, I, I can't wait because she's been talking at Bear Island pretty, pretty heavily the last two, three years. Like I can't wait for the, the inevitable scene where like, you know, it's like the final confrontation with the White Walkers and like the Bear Island contingency is there and they're just like mowing everybody down. It's just like, we can finally see if the hype is worth it. You know, like it yeah. just, that would be amazing. Again, I know I keep deconstructing the things we actually like about this, but man, wouldn't it have been great in the Battle of the Bastards if 
as Rickon's like running across the field and the arrows start to fall and they just cut to Liana Mormont and she's like, zigzag, you motherfucker. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. You're exactly. doing it wrong. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Is your whole family like this? She looks over to John. I'm going back to Bell Island. You know, if, as much as I dismiss the uh, Game of Thrones spinoffs, I would love, 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 love a, spin a Bear Island spinoff. Or like it's her great grandmother, or like the person she replaced wasn't that her like grandmother that she replaced, or her mother, her mother. Somebody was that there was like an older yeah, her, woman who was like mother. the queen of Bear Island. Um, I would just I would love it if they were all as as just sort of cantankerous as she is. Anyway, moving well, on. I I was trying to move us south, but there was uh, one more thing. There was a shot of Winterfell, like just the grounds and the castle that was amazing. I just wanted oh, to yeah. that. Where it showed the, uh, the kind of camped outside. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That was so great. So anyway, then, then we catch up with Jamie and Cersei, uh, both in their new um, Lannister black. Um, uh, so uh, she originally she's standing on that map, and they have again they have another expository like discussion, and then didn't you know? I was listening to Father those forty years. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, she is right on the precipice of madness. You know, like if she was, which is kind of hard to say because you would think that when she blew up the sept last year, that was clearly her just madness, you know, fully. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, like, well, here's my problem with that scene, though. Um, yeah, she's on the precipice of madness, but Tywin was, you know, Tywin made a comment a couple of seasons ago that still rings true. And I'd like to think that Jamie is sensing that remember when tywin told her he's like you're not the problem with you is that you're not as clever as you think you are because cersei's constantly right. yeah, you know yeah. trying to be like oh, i'm i'm my my father's daughter and tywin's like no you're not and she had like this moment when she you know when remember when jamie is like yeah we need we need uh food and and you know uh, rest for our men and and you know, winter's here and you know we need to take care of that and she's like no i don't think so and he's just yeah, like yeah, constantly yeah. giving her good advice and then there's this moment where he's like we need allies and it cuts to the the shoreline she's like see i brought allies and she she felt so there was just like this self-satisfied smugness with that where jamie's just kind of like i just i almost wanted him to repeat tywin's line to her right there it's like you're not you're not as good as you this is not gonna go well like i feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. jamie Hopefully this season we get to see the break where Jamie finally goes, man, this is, I need to look out for me here. Cause this is just not, right. this is a lost I, cause. You you went right where I was going, which is I, I think the purpose of this scene was mostly to show the, like Jamie in the same room with her so that he's going, ah, okay. <laughs> like yeah. I can't hang with this nonsense anymore. So yeah, then you're right. There's this weird, like kind of like, we need to form new alliances and then cut to like almost smash cut. Like you're on Greyjoy's amazing <laughs> fucking ship. The flagship. Uh, yeah. Which I assume is silence. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I waited for somebody to mention that, but that, I think that's the name of his ship is silence because he's cut out the tongues of his whole crew. Um, oh. uh, but that was a badass battleship. However, I don't understand the strength of the Greyjoys, you know, like I, I, I get that he's been at sea for a long time. Um, but I, I it really looked like when Yara and Theon ran, 
it looked like they took all the ships. I mean, there's a thing where it was like, they took your best ships, you know, but it, as I recall, it didn't look like there was much left. And I know he said, we're going to build all these ships and stuff. Um, and we don't know how much time has passed or whatever, but that was like, not just ships, but that was a lot of like person power, you know? Yeah. Like I'm going to guess there's basically storm. nobody left on the iron islands. So it's just like, there's like one right, dude clean, right. cleaning out the chamber pots and like, that's it. Cause they used everything else to build those ships. There was a lot of ships in that Harbor. Like when they panned yeah. back, there was a ton of yeah. them. It wasn't like there's 20, there was like a hundreds at least it looked like. Oh yeah. You know? It's insane. Now, granted, not all of them yeah. were as badass as that flagship, but still, like that, that was an impressive little fleet. I just, <clears throat> you know, that whole Euron as a character at this juncture really bothers me because he shows up late in the series. He had no prior yeah. character arc that we loved or hated. It wasn't like Joffrey, where we, where we, you know, over time learned to really hate him, or Ramsay, where like, you know, Ramsay had. An, uh, an introduction period and like they're like oh we hate that guy he right. earned the hate right and it's like right. it's almost like they're they're putting Euron up to be the new like he's the badass everybody's gonna hate but i'm like yeah it's kind of too late for him like i don't i don't have any i don't care either way right so it's just like why yeah. is he here he's not elo he's not even eloquent it's not like he's gonna give a a Tyrion style rant that's like, ooh, well, he that no. that sounded good. He's just he's bumbling. He's an idiot. He's it, just, man. You know, you bring up a great dramatic question there, which is like we see so many characters like Oberon who comes in and is super enjoyable to watch, and he's this yeah. flawed character, and he's got so much personality, and then they you know kill him off eight episodes later or whatever. But then Euron, it's like God, this guy's gonna stick around, and I, I it's not that I. You know, it's like the Eagles, man. I'm just indifferent to the guy. I'm like, I don't just, you have nothing appealing to me. You're on. Um, well, the other, the other so, thing, it's how he was introduced still doesn't, still bugs me. He just shows yeah. up on a bridge during a stormy right. night and goes, I'm your brother. And it's like, how do we know that? Like it's, Balon right. barely even got to see him before he like, you know, let Balon drop. So it's like, if I was Balon, I'd be like, what, who, who are you? Like what? And then like, you know, he just strolls into the King's mood. You know, after Yara gets yeah. her like badass speech, she's like, "Yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm Euron," and everybody just goes, "Yeah, I guess you are." Okay, like there's not even a he's been in exile. He's I mean, does anybody still recognize him? Like, why do we? Why does he hold so much yeah. goddamn weight as a character? I don't understand. exactly. Which like feeds into all that. Like, I think the thing is that so much stuff is so intricately stacked up and built up over seven seasons. I mean, even the preceding scene with Jamie and Cersei, like that is loaded with the, their whole backstory as lovers and yeah. parents and every conflict they've had before. And even if we think like, oh, you're wasting time, get to the dragons. Like it's, it's still dramatically interesting. And then Euron shows up and you're right. Like we have no connection to him as a Greyjoy at all. And then uh, he's just not, he doesn't really have a personality, you know? Um, I, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Would it have been more interesting if Euron was never part of the story, I love where you're going here. And instead, Go. Yara and Theon, yes. like, 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 had to, like, Yara <laughs> had to betray her father, took the ships, and Balon basically did everything that we see Euron doing. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, that just seems like, because right away you have, you know, from the beginning, you built Yara up to be like her father's heir apparent, like her, you know, her father's favorite, blah, blah, blah. All my sons are dead and you're a pussy, you know, Theon. Like, she's the one who's here. And it's like to have to create a moment dramatically where she has to break from her father and you know take the ships and you know and maybe it's because Balon went crazy or he just became 
you know, just not uh, demonstrated he's not a good leader. Almost, almost in the same vein as um, Walder Frey, you know, just a different, different taste of Walder Frey. And then how? And then Balon has to basically go to King's Landing, and you know, he's a prideful man to see him basically try to beg Cersei for an alliance because he's so pissed yeah. at that betrayal. Like that just immediately becomes more interesting than oh, here's this random dude who you've never met before, who we may not even know if he's really a. He may just be some. He may be him showing up is 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 just as legitimate as um gendry like rowing into some country in essos going yeah i'm a king that once was here and i'm gonna i, I deserve to be followed like dude you just showed up we don't know who you are right and well anyway, and that goes along with yeah what i was saying about like just all that like stacked history uh, why is anybody following him we don't have any history of like uh, we're just we don't we don't need to beat that into the ground i mean we know he's just a deus ex machina basically so yeah. that cersei can have some alliance and have some huge armada can I ask um, you one more question about Euron though? Because I was yeah, reading in it. the comments section that, and I don't know if it was mentioned last season, and I'm not as familiar with the book, obviously. Does he possess the dragon horn that can control dragons? Yes. There's, has the show established that yet? No. The show's never mentioned that as far as I remember. Okay, so hopefully that won't be a... I'm like, if that's a thing... Th oh he really my is God, if that comes in, that'll, that'll really... Yeah. Confirm and it, he right? really is a deus ex machina because it's like yeah. what's the point you know he should have mentioned that at the goddamn king's moot like i've got the horn and or whatever yeah. the, you, know, you know whatever it is somebody mentioned that it had happened in the show i'm like i don't recall that ever being a thing yeah anyway i don't think so um but you know i obviously i didn't even notice essos missing from the map so speaking of the map then we jump over down across wherever to the citadel um old town i thought i would share uh, a tweet by uh david sims who's an editor at the atlantic which made me crack up a little bit earlier uh where he, his tweet was people it's like people colon i'm so excited for game of thrones to return game of thrones colon poop montage followed by ed sheeran cameo <laughs> <laughs> which was such a great summation of this i man uh pun intended talk about wasted scenes <laughs> this was so gross i mean i was seriously like i think that's the grossest thing i've ever intentionally bowed my head so as not to watch on game of thrones yeah like, they really went for it didn't they it went, i went on i like put my head down like i'm not gonna watch this uh because uh sidebar i'm getting over a stomach bug um and then uh and then you know it's like way too long the thing just keeps going well, that's just yeah. it. Like, I'm after the f the third time it repeated. I'm like, okay, cool. And then it just kept going. Like, what are we meant to take away from this? Like, yeah, I, I, they, they didn't even have to repeat it. They could have just done it once no, to be like, exactly. Yeah, I got it. Sam's having a, a shitty like the first time he throws up. It's like, yeah, this is pretty. This is a pretty uh, low level job that they're having him start with. Great, moving on. Like, it's it was yeah, just it was a exactly. weird. It was just weird. I remember Rachel, my fiance, was like in the room when that was going on. And she kind of looked over like, oh. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. But uh, that, it, that said, it, it was it, it combined the best of uh, a couple movies <laughs> we've seen recently. That was very true. Doctor Strange yeah, uh, in, was, in the library, was. sort of needing to get to the restricted section. Oh, my God. You're right. That part of it, too. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking when you mentioned Doctor Strange, I was thinking just the the montage of him, you know, 
being a a, a monk at wherever that. Oh no no no! I actually thought of the library scenes because there is like a he sort of like teleports in and like his arm appears and he grabs a book and you know he's do yeah. So also in well also in Doctor Strange too, their libraries have chains uh, around right, there. Right. That must be a that must just be a thing. Can you exp- I So here's the thing that I did not want to rewind into the poop montage to <laughs> figure out whether I understood it correctly or not. Um, so Sam dissects the body with um, uh, what's his name? I'm just going to um, say Maester Broadbent because that was I kept saying that was going to be Michael Gambon, but God help it is even better. It was it was Jim Broadbent who uh, oh right 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 right, right. yeah delightful all we the previewed time. last what, week yeah um, exactly uh, so he so they dissect this body and Sam asks him something about those books that are restricted right and then. Does Meister Broadbent give him access to those books? And is that what Sam is later reading in his chambers with Gilly? I don't know. I that's like, the part I didn't understand. I would like, I think what happened, the way I read that was Maester Broadbent believes that he saw White Walkers because that was part of right. the conversation. It's like nobody yeah. believes me. He's like, well, I believe you. But he's like, but that wall's been there through. It was such a it was such a disappointing thing because he's like you're like oh my god this guy is gonna be the one who you know believes him and helps him figure it out and he's like but that wall has been there and will always be there so we're fine and it's just like oh come on man and then he I believe what happened was uh you know we saw we saw the shot of Sam seeing the guy with the keys I'm meant to take that away that he stole the keys and yeah got the book there was way too much innuendo there like i just didn't get like what's really happened sorry it sounds like we're shitting on this episode which i really didn't mean to do that's not that was not how i watched it um but yeah i just didn't i didn't get that i didn't because the because of course we see him reading a book and he actually getting really important information from it um yeah. and so it was very weird uh it just made the whole exchange a little strange like well if that's you know why, why do the books have to be protected? What is there something different in those books that we're going to find out later? I don't know. I was just well, that was, was bugged me too. I just thought when he said the words "restricted section," I'm like, this this isn't Harry Potter. Like, why in this yeah. world does certain knowledge have to be restricted? Like, what's That's the weird sense in that? You know? Yeah. So, but you did call it. Sam is there to be Meister Exposition, <laughs> and as he's reading later with Gilly, uh, he discovers that uh, Dragonstone is a mountain of dragon glass and obsidian. Um, which, and then he's like, he's like, John needs to know this. And then cut to him walking the hall, delivering this, you know, slop to, uh, people suffering from various ailments. And then at that moment, oh shit, it's Sir Bora Mormont, the most (laughs) boring man in Essos, who's now in Westeros, uh, wants to know if Daenerys has landed yet. The least of the Mormons. Uh, yeah, you know. the lesser Mormont. <laughs> He's sure. the lesser Mormont. Like his father, an awesome Mormont, dead. Lady Mormont, definitely, you yeah. know, is better. Like at this juncture, I don't, again, he's kind of like Littlefinger. What is his, wh- where does he have to go in the story from here? I don't think it's anywhere. I think it's, I think that room is his end. Like I just don't see, unless he becomes a dragon. Know. You know, just, it's like what's. Man, it's again. There's these characters that are just like vivid and interesting and they kill him off. And if there was another interesting person to replace him, that'd be great. But I don't like, he is such a boring, sad sack to me that I just don't, I don't just don't care about his story. I don't, I don't care. Um, 
after we leave the uh, the poop montage, I know some of this is like split into smaller scenes around that, but then we meet up with uh, Arya riding along. She runs into a, a troop of Lannisters, and we get the Ed Sheeran cameo because he's singing. I don't. Do you know what's funny? Uh, wait, 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 I don't know who the fuck Ed Sheeran is, except that that's who that is. Like, I don't know any of his songs. I've never heard him. I don't know who. Do you know like, what's really funny? Do you know what's really funny about that? As as the the singing began before they showed it, I remember sitting there. And I even said this to Rachel. I'm like, that sounds like Ed, like like Ed Sheeran. I wonder if that is. And oh. then the next set, they they showed him. I'm like, oh my god, it is Ed Sheeran. Why? Oh, see, just, I had heard he had a cameo. Like I'd read oh. I'd read something about the cameos in this season, and did that thing where I'm like, who is Ed Sheeran? Like who who is this guy? that people care enough about him having a cameo. I just knew he was a singer. Um, he has like a, a, a signature guitar that I'm aware of. But anyway, yeah, I would couldn't have known that at all. But yeah, it's well, so weird. Was, it's just there to sing a song. And then he goes, really uh, it's a new one. Yeah, fuck. What was really confusing is that he actually sang the title of the uh, credits song in the first Hobbit movie. And so, what? I was in my, yeah, yeah. In my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, because he sang that song for Game of Thrones. Oh, no, that was The Hobbit. Why is what he in this? Like, it That's was a so re weird. really strange one. It was like the only way his cameo would have been fun is if Arya had just murdered them all, like right there and then. So the fact that she isn't, <laughs> she hasn't, is kind of like, oh, uh, well. Well, I also, I was very, I was not not bored but i just knew what i was in for was like exposition in the scene like nothing's actually going to happen but i do like that they are sort of humanizing the soldiers that are gonna die in this huge conflict and showing that they're really not on the lannister side although this is new information because in all the past seasons the lannister soldiers have been the stormtroopers on the side of the lannisters you know like yeah. these are the only human lannisters soldiers we've ever seen but you know uh Again, like dramatically, that was a good point to make. And I couldn't help but wonder when the one soldier said that sometimes he thinks of my dad out there on his boat all alone. I was like, oh, so was you what a blacksmith? <laughs> that would have been the perfect jump cut to Gendry, right? Like I know, exactly. <laughs> I was actually, you know, in, the, in that split, that, that short, like five to 10 seconds when he said that, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to cut to Gendry rowing yeah. <laughs> and he's going to, and what's going to happen and, and then he'll be there and he'll look and he'll see Daenerys' fleet like emerging from the the shat, you know, the 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 small. Oh, and then he's like quickly turning around and like hurriedly rowing backwards. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, finally, finally. Oh my god! More, oh my god! Oh my god! Cuts to Gendry just on Dragonstone because that's where he made it. And he's just been hanging out there the whole time, and he sees them approach. <laughs> so I was like, when they didn't do that, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess not. But you know, oh, the Game of Thrones that we can imagine. So. <laughs> We jump from there to it's winter again, and the Hound is uh, riding with the Brotherhood without banners. Um, again, uh, they so they go into this house. Uh, I, I did like that this tied into, you know, the Hound's recent past. He just uh, what I was unclear on was I, I thought he killed the, that those people. Was that was that not yeah, clear? Well, no. Or did so, he leave so them for dead? Was the was he, the father injured and he, he just? stole from him yeah, yeah he beat the crap out of the dad and took the money oh yeah and yeah. Arya's like they're gonna die he's like they were already dead and i wondered yeah. why they had flashed on that and the during the last time right. sequence because <laughs> i was like you know because obviously the last time sequence always sort of you know telegraphs what's to come so i was like yeah. why are we flashing on this i thought it would be something more exciting like oh Arya and the hound re-meet and yeah. you know or something but no it i 
I have, I'm having some issues wondering why we need to know about the hound's moral journey. Like he was yeah. always sort of, you know, he was always kind of a, an anti-hero to some extent. Like, I don't need to, I mean, it's, it's great that he has remorse over, you know, basically being the cause of those people's death. Like that's cool. But yeah. like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't understand why we, he needs to be recruited into the brotherhood without banners, like cause like why it's so, yeah, why yeah, it's yeah. waste so much time. Like, you know, him making a man bun joke and then like, you know, looking into the fire yeah. and it's just, I just don't, I'm like, why, why is he that just like, not that he has to go away, but I just feel like he's like a, a tier two character who we don't need to follow to this extent. Well, it's, I, yeah, some of the emotion behind him got sucked out when we didn't see him for so long, you know? Just give us which, Clegane Bowl and then we'll be done. Which, like, that's all we want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, uh, not seeing a character for a while and having all your uh, investment in that character disappear is the whole story of the books, <laughs> at least the last yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Let's not have any of these characters in book four at all and see if you give a crap after you get through this 1,200 pages. Which you don't, be, but I did, I need, again, like dramatically, I'm going to use that word all the time uh, in this episode. I did like the irony of the man afraid of fire journeying with the fire worshipers. Um, and I do, uh, I mean, he says that, you know, I'm not like reading. It's not a very literal. No, I know, reading. but you're, but just you re restating that is yeah. you're right. Cause this is a dude. Cause, and you're right too. Cause when he's standing there, they're like, come look in the fire. And he, he hesitates. He's like, yeah, yeah. How'd I get hooked up with a band of fire worshipers? And that's what Barrick uses to prove like, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, basically is what he says. But, yeah. but then I also appreciate that they've looked in the fire because they've done this a couple of times with Stannis and now with the Hound and we don't actually see the animation of like what's happening, you know, which yeah. is every single time they do that. I anticipate that we're going to see this great scene. That's like this crazy CGI, the fire transforms and all the white walkers and stuff. Um, but I mean, I, that actor is just really good. And I just loved hearing him tell us what, you know, what he's seeing in the fire. I did like that, but I did again, you know, it's like, I'm kind of with you. Like why There's is his moral journey a thing now? There's an interesting point to be made there in that, um, you know, the old gods we constantly hear about, but they're thought to be sort of this, like almost like the Greek gods. Like, well, that was a long time yeah. ago. And that's sort of just, it's, it's, it's just more for tradition that we do that. The Lord of Light has been sort of talked about and inserted into the story in a very profound way. Like he's, the Lord of Light caused the smoke baby right. to happen. He created, he brought people back. And yet we never see any sort of, you know, we never see like a Sauron-like figure in the fire, like waving back at us. Like, oh, it's me, Lord of Light. Like, so it's it's almost there's sort of an unsettling quality to them kind of mythologizing this in a way that feels positive, but you're like, but is it like is this just a big mistake? Should is the Lord of Light just as damning and dangerous as the Night King? Like, do I wish I yeah. I want more exploration around that because like Melisandre well, for, uh, yeah. for example, well, and Melisandre for example, you know she was that you know she was the big groupie for the longest time, and it kind of got old hearing her talk about the Lord of Light every goddamn time. Right, right. Until she had that sort of moment where she you know had that that cry, where Stannis you know obviously wasn't who she thought he was, and it kind of threw her entire faith into question. Yeah. I would love it for her to sort of be the the avatar, if you will, for how we discovered the true nature of the Lord of Light. Because Beric Dondarrion's getting a little bit Melisandre now in terms of like, oh yeah, he's cool. I've I know him. He's a good guy. And you know, he's just, he's just constantly he's just <laughs> constantly him. like 
he's just he's drinking the Kool-Aid and selling it to everybody else. And I'm like, I wanna see, I wanna see somebody, even if it's Maester Exposition himself, just be like, but why is the Lord of Light? You know, what what is he? Is that is it some ancient demon that they just happen to right. no- normalize over time? Like, what is it? So anyway. Well, I, I mean, again, like, it's great that it's like a fire, uh, you know, uh, kind of a fire God and a, like a hot Southern God and a, you know, cold Northern God. But it is weird that with all these religions, the only two that actually seem to work are um, uh, Rahalar, the Lord of Light. Um and the old gods, like the the um, the you know the tree people. So oh yeah 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 the children which are, which aren't really yeah I, honestly now that you say children I'm like yeah yeah you're right actually the children are the gods because the children but, well the children made the White Walkers the children made right, the right. Night King. So well like I think of the the magic of the three eyed Raven is basically like a religion that works and when when the Northerners worship the old gods and carve the face in the weirwood. Uh, that's actually the way that the three-eyed raven, I I believe, would see everything in the land was through those faces. I think that's kind of made clear in the books, or not clear, oh, but sure. clearish um, through the ravens and maybe through those faces or something. I think that's how he travels around. Um, the other, so yeah, the they, other key- they have like a literal god. So I guess you know Rahalar is going to be a literal god or something like that. But it makes you wonder about the seven. Like, is this just yeah. sort of a cult that? <laughs> formed yeah. after you know these things worked and then somebody just dreamt up the seven and it's just you know bs or something um i don't know I, I like i've told you i like the mechanics of the religion in the show the one piece of information this did the scene did provide that i thought was compelling was the the fact that the white walkers are headed that that entire slow army we saw in the beginning oh yeah, yeah, is yeah. headed towards the castle nearest the sea Oop, that was my phone nearest the sea and the wall yeah which which is interesting on two it's interesting on a couple of fronts. One, it means there's not some plan to just bring down the wall yet. Right. Uh, two, it, it, it's, it's interesting that the, that the night King would have like that level of strategy, you know, cause you just kind of feel like it's this like oncoming force. That's not concerned right. with anything, but just trampling over everything. And like, we'll find a way to bring down the wall. So it's like, Oh, they're headed there out of a strategic need. Interesting. Like, is there, is that going to be the first big battle? And then if so, like, why can they, how can they cross that easily? Like why it's just, there's a lot of mechanics there. That'll be interesting to yeah. see unfold, you know? Yeah. Um, did we it, really learn that in this scene? Yes. Yeah. Cause remember he's like, look in the fire and it may be, oh, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah, castle by the sea, but, but hadn't, uh, Oh, 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 John had sent, um, Tor- some people. Yeah. He sent Torn. Right. Right. Yeah. He sent, he Tor- sent Torn, but John didn't, John just assumed he's like, you know, that castle, you know, there we we saw them in Hardhome. The nearest castle to Hardhome is that uh, that one Night's Watch castle that's basically abandoned yeah. right now. So go there because that'll probably be their first place they go. I just, right. you know, you know. Again, I'll say it too. Dramatically, you know that the the wall has got to fall down. And, and you, know, you, I know that even more. I'm even more confident about that because Maester Broadbent physically says oh the wall has stood and you know they're gonna yeah, do yeah, that yeah. like last time on game <laughs> of thrones and they're gonna show when, when you see the scene where broadband goes but the wall has always stood you know they that's do, episode where yeah. that thing's gonna go down you know they could do a montage of meisters claiming like how strong the wall is <laughs> i'm sure but that was the main uh, meister saying it, like, that's some, yeah <laughs> he was the main dude and it's just like that's i the only reason 
just like when Euron said, I've got two good hands. I'm like, oh, he's going to lose. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I just feel like that's going to be. So, so it's interesting that they're going there first. So it's like, okay, what's the play here? Are they going there to get something? Maybe that's where the horn of winter is. Maybe that's where we reveal that. Like it, there's just so much intrigue around them doing that. And I, I hope we see that play out sooner than later. Yeah. Anyway, so on to Dragonstone. Yeah, the final scene of the episode. Um, although I did like that, like when it was named Dragonstone, I really thought, okay, we're really going to get. I knew we were going to get the landing scene, but but that's really what I thought would be the focus of the show. I appreciated that. Really, what we got was the information from Sam from Meister Exposition um, that Dragon, you know, Dragonstone is important because of the Dragon Glass. But that scene, man. That was actually the, despite all the emotional conversations, that was the most emotional scene for me was Daenerys. Like, you know, just the look in her eye, like, uh, you know, in Emilia uh, Clark's eyes, like, I thought that was great. Just a great reaction to her seeing her family home and sort of uh, trying to identify it, almost trying to figure yeah. out like, is this really what, like, you know, this is my home. I'm supposed to feel emotion. So I'm going to feel emotion, but. She never really well, there's some there was some reverence, obviously. There was like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, there was the way they shot. I jokingly, I jokingly said in the notes, like, this scene brought to you by the Dragonstone Department of Tourism. Visit right. beautiful <laughs> Dragonstone. It just had like all those like vis you know, when you see those like visit South Africa. Like it had yeah. that sort of the vistas. And I want to almost put that scene to like music and do like a little like end bumper on it, just just for the fun of it. But it's like there, you can tell like she she communicated so much. It's like, I, a, I finally, finally effing made it after all I've been yeah. through. We're finally here. So it's like, this is actually happening now. B I was a baby here once. I don't remember it necessarily, but I was here before and right. Oh my God. And then C it's like my whole heritage starts here. You know, when the uh, Targaryens first took Westeros, they started here and I am now, following in their footsteps and like when the dragons surround the castle like i just i almost felt like in her mind she's thinking i'm i am starting a new as as worthless as circe's were starting a new dynasty words were daenerys didn't have to even say it and you knew that's like she was thinking this is where yeah. a new targaryen dynasty begins for a thousand years and you know, yeah. it's like when circe's just kind of giving lip service to it like we can have one jamie's like for who not for us I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know? same with uh, Daenerys. You know, I mean, she is. Uh, she will be child, childless. So. Well, uh -huh. she will. Um, yeah, she's got plenty of time. But uh, it, so it, it, Tyrion, it does Tyrion's probably got dozens of little Targaryens running around. <laughs> Talk about secret Targaryens, and oh, then John is really going to have to marry someone who can have children, so that he can start producing little Targaryens, and maybe he should marry Sansa uh, oh, and secure the North. And make little Wouldn't it be amazing if the whole all the John Sansa stuff is just like a setup for what's basically an odd couple, like uh, you know, married with children sort of relationship, where it's like, I guess we're gonna get married, and <laughs> my old ball and chain there, my old who I used to think was my sister, but she's actually my half cousin. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> so the, I mean, I love that there was no dialogue for the Dragonstone scene until that very yeah. last line. Yeah. Um, it was a, you know, it was a cool last line. You kind of knew they were gonna say something. Um, you know, uh, well, do you know what I thought she was going to do? Pathetic like that. I thought she was going to walk to that table and like, look at the camera and like, you know, like knock, <laughs> knock the table twice. That whole sequence almost beat for beat 
matches the ending of House of Cards season two, where Frank finally gets oh. into the Oval <laughs> Office, and he walks <laughs> even to the point like he walks down the hallway and Claire's with him for part of it, and then she goes, "You go, you know, like you go the rest of the way alone." Like she stands back, and he walks in, and he like slowly takes it in and considers his journey to the you know Oval Office, and he goes to the desk and he like caresses the desk. You know, just kind of like she does on the table. And then he looks, and instead of saying, like, let's begin, he just looks in the camera and basically intimates it by, you know, knocking on the, I just, yeah. it was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh my God, they're just, they're doing House of Cards. This is kind of fun. She's the new Frank Underwood. I, that's, that is a great pull. Um, I really thought she was going to sit in that throne. Ooh. And I thought, which I, I originally was like making this note as I was watching it, like, oh my gosh, are we going to see two women sit in two different thrones in one episode? Um, but then she doesn't, she just kind of looks upon it and then they go to the war room. Um, That's important though. No, do think about, think about that. No, for just I mean, second. it will happen. It will happen later. Oh no, but it underscores the fact that Circe is like, like compare those two scenes back to back. Circe has wanted to be queen this entire time she finally yeah. is and she has barely any kingdom she has no concept of how to build a dynasty um and even if she could she there's no one for it and she's more interested in like the pageantry and even euron calls her out he's like you're you're egotistical you're yeah. you're you're boastful look at you and daenerys who has the chance like the first thing she can do is sit in that throne and take it in she goes right to that war room and's like let's get going like yeah. she's the difference between her mindset and Cersei's is striking. And I think yeah. that just that, that underscores it. Well, also uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that table that Daenerys is at in the war room, that is, that is a map of Westeros, right? So in addition seen... to being the, uh, the, uh, the Melisandre Stannis sex table. Yes. It is also yeah, a which map. It seems of... like sidebar, the most painful <laughs> sex table. Like they're like knocking carved wooden figures <laughs> out of the way to have sex on it uh come on that's just it's much. got all those like mountains and stuff like built into the table so you can't yeah. like you can't just move that out of the way plus yeah. she and gendry are on a real comfortable bed when she seduces him so oh that's right um yeah sorry that that got me out of the moment but the uh but we do see two queens in this episode in you know with two maps which is i i don't know a very cool thing that we have waited a long long time to see in game of thrones uh, even if one of those queens is the most evil person in Westeros, Daenerys, uh, and the other one is <laughs> also evil. No, but there, but it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a very, very cool scene. I love the ending of it. You got anything else to add? Is there anything? No, I've I, missed? <laughs> no only just that it was cool because we never had seen Dragonstone to that extent before. Yeah. All we had seen before was the, the set where the table was and then like outside on the beach at night, but there was yeah. never like a Vista shot of like the castle or anything. Like I was actually surprised that the throne room was as big as it was. Yeah. No kidding. Like, it just, I kind of felt like, you know, whenever we saw Stannis in there where he was always in the back, so you, you kind of just felt like, Oh, this is just like an outpost that he's minding. Like I didn't realize it was this like grand thing. And I even was, um, Oh, Jamie, when he's talking to Cersei at their, on their floor map, and she's like, where are they going to land? He's like, Dragonstone, because they've got all the, you know, they've got a lot of yeah, space yeah. for the ships. He kind of described it in a way that I'm like, oh God, is it bigger than I think it is? Like, yeah. it's just, it's always been just like this little, like, almost like not a lighthouse, but just a small little thing before. So it's cool to see. Although I will say one, one more thing. Where the hell was everybody? Was there not like 
a guard or two left from the the Baratheon you know army like left well, to, to to guard I believe, it. I believe the Stannis. I was sorry, the Jamie thing was meant to clear that up because he does tell Cersei like Stannis abandoned it. So okay. I I think that was kind of meant to be our cue that like, but it is strange that like it's not overrun with you know the the many many people in this world who should be fleeing winter for shelter um but i I, as you're pointing out like how much of a castle wasn't so cool like that was one of those rare glimpses of like the real fantasy literature like porn that we don't really get a lot of in game of thrones especially the tv series just because that's you know they got other other things to set on fire and and Poop, poop bowls to empty and stuff like that but just like you know those grand shots of like castles we don't really see a lot and that was amazing um and the fact that it was empty and i know in the earlier seasons with stannis they're sort of cheating that they didn't have a lot of budget and they didn't have a lot of people um even though they always had a lot of budget but um you know they'd have a crowded room so they didn't really need to shoot it in a huge room yeah. they could shoot the throne room in like a smaller set you know, because they were going to have people all around. Well, in this, when there's no people around, they really had to have those big grand rooms. And it was just very, very cool looking. So. We never saw Stannis on a throne before, did we? Stannis. I, I don't think they ever showed him sitting, sitting on, on that sometime. I'm going to call it, though. I have a feeling, I have a hunch that next week or the week after, probably next week, um, we're going to find that Gendry's been hanging, hanging out there for a while. And he's going to, like, you know, fall out of her <laughs> closet or they're gonna like you know her guards are gonna like the unsullied are gonna like bring him to her like we found him there was one holdout here and he's like who are you sir you know like there'll be an exchange and he has to explain he basically has to explain to her why the hell he's there which is gonna be an awkward conversation i'm sure <laughs> and then um you know he'll and be then daenerys pulls out her own red priest and he's like oh not again <laughs> wait 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 D- so so th- consider this for just a minute if your goal as Daenerys is to, and, and, and Jamie put it to Cersei very plainly. She's like, I'm the queen of seven kingdoms. He's like, no, you're the queen of three, three. kingdoms, maybe, <laughs> barely. So Daenerys has to, and, and Tyrion's told her this too, like Daenerys, if she wants to be the true queen of Westeros, she's going to have to unite the seven kingdoms in the same way Robert's Rebellion did, you know, when he took over. Like yeah. he had the loyalty of all those kingdoms. Now, there will be easy ways to do that. Like if John. Uh, needs dragon glass. He'll, she'll basically say, "Cool, you'll get the dragon glass if you know you pledge to me." He'll go fine, because um, in his mind, that's it's more important to fight the White Walkers. And you know, she if she's uh, if there's another Targaryen, great. I wonder though if Gendry shows up on Dragonstone. Gendry is the last remaining Baratheon, the true Baratheon of, of, by actual blood. Would it not be interesting if he becomes her? basically her queen or her king uh, uh what's the, what's the term for like a a king that's married into the family what, whatever that does she not marry him to say hey he's a baratheon i'm joining with him that would get some of these other houses on board does that somehow make sense i just i'm i'm yeah I'm thinking- that's a good that's a good theory and she's all for political marriages i mean that's why she yeah. marries his dar zolorak so yeah and it's and I just keep wondering, like going back to that whole like, what is every character's you know endpoint? I don't think yeah. we know Gentry's yet. I think he's got a lot of interesting endpoints still to come, and that makes the most sense of all of them to me. Anyway, something to keep a, an eye on. Yeah. Um, so real quickly, who is getting in a fight with Cersei first, or or whom does Cersei attack first? 
is it I, I'm just I'm just wondering if we want to like you know place bets on this. Yeah, I know Daenerys is fired up. Um, Cersei just because she and Jamie have that great conversation about well we've got this threat in the south we've got this threat in the west we've got this threat here so she's got Euron who um, Euron has said he's going to bring her a gift I'm fairly certain that means Euron is headed to Dragonstone because that's where his brother and sister are or sorry his uh, niece and nephew mm-hmm. um, and that's I think Daenerys's first fight is with Euron um, I'm wondering if like Highgarden or Dorn actually attack Cersei. Like if will Cersei be in some battle that where she gets weakened before a bigger clash? That's kind of I think, where I'm, where I'm going I think you ask who is she most pissed at out of the gate? And I think Dorn's probably yeah. top of that list. Now that to me means like if Euron's fleet is passing by there to get to Dragonstone, which I think you have to, I think. I may be hor- horribly wrong about that. But I could easily see Euron's fleet. Where? Dorn on the way to Dragonstone. Oh, I don't believe so. Dragonstone is on the east coast and Dorn is south of King's Landing. Oh, okay. Well, in, a, in either case, I could see him rolling through there. I, although when we talk about his gift, I took that to mean Tyrion at first, but I'm wondering if that mm-hmm. doesn't end up being Varys, Varys because he goes to get Tyrion and Varys you know, sacrifices himself Um and then somehow jumps out of Euron's ship and, and Merman's away. Like that, you know, there's so many, there's so many. <laughs> well, that's funny because I didn't think it would be a literal gift like that. I thought it would be, um, I thought he meant like a battle. You know, like I'm going to go win this battle. And that, that's that your could gift. Be. Like I'll, I'll deliver you Dragonstone or something like that. I, but, but if you think about it, he knows, like he knows the way to her heart is to satiate her revenge or her need for revenge. And what yeah. better way than to bring the brother that had betrayed them back alive for her to do with it. I mean, I think that's where, yeah, which is going to be a shitty end for Tyrion. That's why I think Varys, that's Varys's end game is to basically for the good of the, the good of the, the new dynasty to sacrifice himself for that. Be interesting to see if that happens. I just, I feel like Doran's on top of that list for her. Um, I don't, she, you know, John made a good point. She doesn't have the wherewithal to go to the North just yet. I don't it just would seem weird if that was her her plan. Um maybe she goes to uh the Vale cuz Littlefinger's basically you know mm. remember last season she summoned him down a few times and he just didn't come and now she obviously knows he's sided with um Jon Snow so she's he's kind of he's probably on her shit top 2 or 3 on her shit list right now so I would imagine that's probably yeah it's worth considering. Hmm. Anyway I I mean I think there's an obvious like Highgarden Dornish alliance, um, and I I really want to see it, but I don't know who we care about in Dorn. Um, well, there and they've pledged their support. Oh, to, sorry, not to in Dorn. I don't know who we care about in in uh, Highgarden. Well, Olena is the only one left. Yeah, and exactly. she's already she's she's allied with um, uh, Elias Sand, and they've both allied with Daenerys. So it's. Yeah, at this juncture, it is kind of, I mean, Jamie made a good point. It is kind of everybody against them, and they're yeah. on the losing side, you know? So it's like, I, I honestly don't, this is the end for Cersei. Like, this season, I, she can't live past the last episode. Like, this is, this is basically oh. her swan song as a character, and paving, you know, leaving completely all of next year open for the White Walker battle. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a good prediction to, uh, to end on. Um, 
as I'm still frantically Googling uh, uh, Westeros maps because I don't trust myself saying uh, where <laughs> what's north and south of each other. But anyway, uh, as I do that, where can people find us, Taylor? They can find us at our new website, findusthere.org. And you can get us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Our, our uh, username is findusthere on all those wonderful networks. You can also find us on SoundCloud. We are soundcloud.com slash their network. And anywhere podcasts are downloaded, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play, Todd's personal favorite. Uh, you can find us on all those places. So download, subscribe, and tell your friends. Share, share this if you enjoyed it. Um, get other folks on and let us know what you think. All right, dude, you're totally right. Dragonstone is south and west of Dorne. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I I never understand that. So <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this was, a, you know, a, 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 what, what I want to say, this is a stage building episode. We know there is good stuff to come and we are waiting for it. So find us every Wednesday, uh, you know, wherever you love podcasts. Until then... Seven blessings to you, Taylor. And Azora high to you, Todd. I don't know that anybody has 15 minutes. Like I would be worried that someone had 15 minutes on Eagles hate because to me, the opposite of love is indifference. And if you ask me about the Eagles, I would just shrug. I like that quote. The opposite of love is indifferent. You're right. You're right. Because somebody who hates you still has a passion for you. It's just, it's just the, right. It's just a unproductive. You're like, how do you feel about the Eagles? I'd be like, feel. <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify that answer with an answer or that question with an answer. Uh, eagles? <laughs>